Welcome to The Sipping Point, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forster, the wine coach. It's my mission in life to demystify wine and sometimes beer, one glass at a time. And this week is no exception, so expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, spirits, food, and so much more. This week on The Sipping Point, we're finding out how one winery not only makes great wines, but also brews. Lori Corcoran from Corcoran Vineyards and Corcoran Brewing is here. We're going to taste three of her delicious wines and find out how she runs a family business that makes people happy, whether they like beer or wine. And we'll dial up her brewmaster, Kevin Bills, and her daughter, Melanie, then to focus really in on the beer. And we have listeners who love both. So this is a show, no matter what, on what side of the fence you are, you're going to love. And as I mentioned, with me in studio is Lori Corcoran. She's the winemaker and owner with her family and husband, Jim, of Corcoran Vineyards. She graduated from San Jose State in uh, criminal justice or administrative of justice. You were going to join the FBI, but then you got married and had kids, right? That's correct. Yes. But you got the <laughs> ultimate justice because now you have a winery and wine was made for mommies and daddies, too. Right. <laughs> Let's face it. And you have a pretty large family, right? Well, I mean, I have four children, but Jim's family, yeah, there's like 35 Corcoran's. Four children? That's a yeah. lot. Okay, in my book. <laughs> That's a big family. Well, welcome to the show. And you're a woman of many talents if you're raising four children and also raising this business. I, I have one daughter. I consider my business my second. So you actually have five children. Correct. Yes. <laughs> well, two businesses and four children. Right. right. <laughs> so that's a lot to be handling. And uh, you do it well. And you have a great product. How, you know, did you go from this idea of wanting to do the FBI and then end up owning a winery? Well, we first moved out from California to Virginia, and I have always wanted to be kind of a farmer. I like to get keep my hands dirty and really enjoy the land. I've always loved gardening and all that. So back in 2001, that's when I had just had my fourth child. And I said, I've got to do something else. So we planted a vineyard. <laughs> And that's a lot of work. I mean, that's a lot more than just putting in your little, you know, herbs in the ground. Absolutely. So with all the pruning, I treated them like my kids. I still do. It's like, oh, I can't take that court. I can't take that off. No, no. Aww. So it was um, very, very um, trying and it was a lot of work to do. So I said, we've got to make some wine. This, let's keep the grapes. So we nice. did that. So we never. So at first left- you just wanted to grow the grapes and maybe you would sell them, right? But but then you figured out, you know what? This is I'm putting so much work into it. You wanted to make something that was reflective of you, right? I like to make it in more of my style. I tasted a lot of wines around the area at that time, and really there was really not a lot in Virginia in 2001, 2002. So it was a perfect opportunity to actually say, let's do it and let's try to do it on our own. And exactly where are you? So everyone can orient where in Virginia. You're in Loudoun County, Waterford. Waterford, Virginia. It is the extreme northern point in Virginia. So very tip of Virginia, kind of very close to Brunswick, Maryland and um, Charlestown, like West Virginia. Okay, great. You're, you're, what, 45 minutes from D.C.? Hour at the most. Hour and 20 or so from Baltimore? Correct, yep. So you are within driving distance of our whole listenership. And I actually got the chance last year to come out to the yep. winery. Uh, I've been there several times and taste all your wine. But also my husband and I went into the brewery. So we got to see both sides. And that's what intrigued me. 
is that you have this family business and you're really offering up something for everyone. And it's funny how people all the time, every single weekend, there'll be one of the spouses or, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend will say, hey, I don't really like wine, but I really like beer or vice versa. They want the beer or they'll want the wine. So there's always your your satisfying both palates. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of palates, let's go ahead. You've brought three wines yep. that we're going to taste. And the first one is Viognier, right. which is becoming or is the signature white grape of Virginia. And tell me a little bit about your take uh, on Viognier. Well, it is a little bit fickle to grow. That's why I always find it very funny that it is Virginia's grape, because (laughs) I have it growing on our property. So this is what is grown on my site. I love the fruit characteristics of it. It's just, you know, hard in a wet year or a dry year, depending upon so your fruit set. So for this particular vintage, which is our 2011, which was a wet year, we, um, I was able to capture a good bit of the fruit. Um, I love all the tropical aromatics, um, floral notes, uh, but particularly the fruit flavors. So I keep it done in stainless steel so I don't mask it by any oak flavors. I want all fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I could pair with a little spicy finish of it. I can pair that with some spice like a crab cake with some Old Bay. Ooh, that sounds yeah. great. <laughs> we, we love those here in Maryland for sure. <laughs> right. And you're right. This is What I love about this, it does have that great balance of fruit and acid. Mm-hmm. But I think this could be such a great transition wine for someone who maybe, you know, is only tried into the Riesling area and wants to start trying some of the drier wines. Right. This is dry, but it's got enough fruit to really satisfy somebody who's maybe just even, you know, not a totally seasoned wine drinker yet. I mean, I love Viognier with spicy and crab cakes and all that. But a lot of people are kind of, a, you know, just getting started. Well, and a lot of people go, oh, I just have a Chardonnay. I'll have a Chardonnay. And so that's like always the first thing that rolls off somebody's tongue is I'll have a Chardonnay when you go anywhere. Right. Um, and looking for a wine. So for Virginia to say this is going to be ours and the fruit that we can actually capture in our soils on our land is phenomenal. And it is a great balance. You, It's so perceived sweet because of the fruit mm-hmm. characteristics. So that's why I do think it is very food friendly and it's appealing to a lot. Anything folks. seafood, really. Yeah, which right. I, I'm ready for seafood season. I know. <laughs> Flip-flops and shorts. Exactly. <laughs> let's dream. Let's pretend. Okay. Well, um, let's talk about our second wine, which is uh, Petit Verdot. Mm-hmm. Um, the first uh, wine we tasted, the Viognier, was a 2011. And this Petit Verdot is a 2010 right. vintage. And this is a grape that many of us know from Bordeaux. But we don't always see it done as a varietal, as a single standalone grape in the bottle. So what do you think? Is this becoming a specialty of Virginia? It is. It's really picking up um, in popularity. I have to say that it's more and more is being grown. So that's why you'll see more and more of it. But it has a very rich color and it gives you a little bit more body. We're known for Cabernet Francs and Merlots. Both of those are early ripener uh, Bordeaux grapes, which grow phenomenal here in Virginia. But this Petit Verdot is really picking up its in popularity, and I think it's because we want something a little bit heavier, and we can actually capture that. Cab Sauve is one of the ones that is a little bit harder because that's the longest grower. But this Petit Verdot is really, really doing well. Um, again, I'm, I do everything um, with oak alternatives, so okay. not necessarily in the stainless steel, but you still can capture all the rich tannins of because I, I age it with the French oak and Hungarian. Nice. And you do, uh, people who like that bigger, bolder red with the grip of tannin or that little astringency you get from the red uh, grape skins, 
this is a great, you know, wine for that. And maybe something people haven't tried before, Petit Verdot. And I could totally see this with a nice steak. Yeah, uh, it has a good bit of tannins, but not too much because I always like right. to keep that fruit characteristics if I can. Yeah, those the, the dark um, the dark fruits in there mm-hmm. are really nicely. And it's round. And a lot of people like that round texture. So we're going to take a quick break. But you're going to stay right here. And we're going to come back. And then we're going to taste... Your port and something called cello, which is really special. So we'll be right back with Lori Corcoran on The Sipping Point. Discover the recipe for a delicious life each week on The Sipping Point with Lori Forster, the wine coach, each week, Saturdays at noon on WBAL 1090 AM or at WBAL.com. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and we're back with Lori Corcoran from Corcoran Vineyards and Brewery. We'll get to the brewery part later. We just tasted your Viognier, your Petit Verdot, and we're getting ready to taste a couple dessert wines here. But I want to remember, give your web address out for folks if they want to get information about coming out and visiting the winery, because that's one of the few ways that people can get your wines except for Leesburg Vintner, which is in Leesburg, Virginia. So where can they find you online? Um, it's at CorcoranVineyards.com or CorcoranBrewing.com. Um, and again, we're very, we try to keep our website up to date as well as Facebook. I mean, that's the social media market is where it's at. And in general, the two that we tasted price-wise? Wh- $28, $25, okay. so in Great. the $20 range. I like it. And now that we've tasted your two uh, white and red dry, we're going to talk about a couple of dessert wines that you make. And the first one is a port, but you have kind of a unique, well, a port style, I should say, because yes. the the naming police will get me if I call it a port because it's not from Portugal, just like champagne has to be from France, from Champagne, France. So tell me about your uh, dessert wine here, that, and you have a fun name for it. Well, it's called USB, um, which, of course... We all know we have a USB port on our computer. <laughs> so that's so it's a high tech. <laughs> it's a high tech wine, very high tech. Um, I am actually even coming out with a USB 2.0 this oh, fall. Next so, version. Yeah, the next version. Um, so it's kind of fun. I have got into doing port style wines and I just love them. Um, taking what this one was a Chamberson grape, which is a French American hybrid, very low on the tannins. Um, perfect. It's so smooth. Ba- yeah, it has a really nice balance of acidity and the sweetness, um, stopping fermentation and plopping it right into a uh, whiskey barrel and yeah. capturing all of that flavors. I love the caramel, the a chocolate. A bit of chocolate yeah. on that finish. That's really delicious. And sometimes, you know, a, a true port can can be high, so high alcohol. Right. It's a little overwhelming for many people. This is really approachable, I think. It's only 14.5%, so I didn't pump up the alcohol by adding a lot of brandy. I just did a little bit, enough to stop fermentation and, you know, keep it stable in the barrel. And I'm very, very pleased with it. Like I said, I like a big glass. Delicious. <laughs> I know. I like a big glass, too. You should see the glass I have at home. It's large. Yeah. <laughs> I was teasing people, always ask, you know, do you need different size glasses for different kinds of wines? I'm like, depends on how many times you want to get off the couch. There you, know? you go. There you go. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, I see you agree. You yes. have the same theory. So that's a red dessert wine. Right. But you also have something here next to it that's very unique. And you might be the first one doing anything like this in Virginia that I've heard of. So tell me about this wine called Cello. Well, it came about, um, I have a girlfriend who's Italian um, and she would 
give me the authentic limoncello. Well, that's so high in alcohol. I mean, I'd put you it's right down. Stuff. It's yeah. good. <laughs> but I told her, I said, I think I'm going to need a driver every time I come to your house. So I said, I'm going to make us a wine. I really love lemons. I love, love lemons. So I had some petite man saying, sitting in a tank. I wasn't sure what to do with it because it was just going to be a one-time. I only had it that one particular vintage, which was 2008. So I went ahead and had my husband zest a couple hundred pounds of lemons. And <laughs> <Poor guy>. I, <laughs> keeping it. him busy. Yeah. Um, and we went ahead and made what I consider to be like a limoncello, but it's just wine based, 100% Petite Man Sang. It's really delicious. And it's and not refreshing. high in alcohol. I've made it into a um, limoncello uh, vanilla ice cream. Ooh. And then you can also put it with uh, on your cupcake. Ooh, or sorbet. Uh, yeah, like a sorbet. Making sorbet with yeah. that would be delicious. Well, these are all amazing. And, but we're getting ready in the next segment to dial in your brewmaster and have Melanie, your daughter, who works uh, on the beer side of your operations, yes. join me. But how did this all come about? I mean, a lot of people think, oh, you know, you're either a wine or a beer person. But those of us who are in the business know that, you know, after tasting a lot of wine, sometimes the only thing you want to have is a beer just right. for, you know, those bubbles to have the, you know, the difference of taste. And there's a saying, right? What is it? Uh, a lot what? of good wine. Yeah, it takes a lot of good beer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what made you decide to open a brewery? Well, that was one of the reasons was because the first thing at, during harvest, I always go and grab a beer we have pizza and beer after every crush because you want something refreshing, you want something light, not necessarily heavy. But what we have found is that beer has the same type of flavors as do the wines, and it's just as much fun to right. do. Um, and my husband, we met Kevin Bills, our brewmaster, quite a few years ago, and he has been brewing for a number of years. And it was just really a nice accompaniment to our business. Um, it really worked is. out really, really well. That's the first thing I do before as I was head down to the brewery. We, we don't tell him that, but I always go and get a pint and then I start working. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're my kind of gal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is great. So um, I'll just review again our sips of the week. The, yep. Everything we taste each week are called the sips of the week. Okay. All the information is going to be on thewinecoach.com and I'll link over to your site. And all of these picks will also be in my free iPhone and Android app. So if people want Great. to check that out, they can go to thewinecoach.com slash app. We tasted the Corcoran Vineyards Viognier, the Petit Verdot, your USB port, <laughs> and your cello. Lori Corcoran, thank you so much thank for you. being with us. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're a woman of many talents. <laughs>